Are you stirred up and activated? Yeah, you gotta be ready for it. It's gonna be good. Is it gonna be good? <laughs> Better be. <laughs> it's gonna be good. <laughs> it's a good day. So why don't you put your hand on your heart? God, we want to pause because we want to make sure that we're prepared and ready for all that you're going to do. And we want to set aside all the things that could distract us. And we want to focus in on you and you alone. God, I thank you that this morning that we get to meet with you heart to heart. That you're going to speak to us and that you're going to encourage us and fill us afresh. God, we open the doors of our heart. And we allow you full access to transform us, to change us, that we might never be the same. God, we thank you for your word, that it's powerful, that it's effective, and that it is life-giving. And we thank you that you would bring life to any part of us that's seemingly dead. That you would release hope into our heart like never before, that we might abound in hope. That your spirit of joy would be released into our heart as we hear the word because it's joyous and we can rejoice in the good news. And we thank you, God, for what you're doing in the midst of us this morning. That you're strengthening us one to another. That you're unifying the body as we're hearing the word, God. That you're sharpening us and that you're, you're causing us to be so alive for the kingdom. And I ask that you would bless Dave with an anointing that, that changes a lot of things. In Jesus' name, amen. This message is going to be extremely simple. It comes down to two pieces of paper. They both look exactly the same. They're both white on both sides. And if I tear it, they're both white. But there's something very different about each one of those. And I'm going to put them on my handy dandy little clipboard. And on these little hooks, which I hope holds it. Because I want you to look at these pieces of paper. Because one of them is white and one of them is black. I'm serious. One of them is white. This one. But one of them is extremely black. Do you know which one? This one. This one is black. That one will never be black unless I paint it, use a magic marker, or get my crayons out and color it black. It has no black in it whatsoever. This one, without me doing anything to it, is black. As it sits there on that clipboard, it is black. Now, I'm not denying that it's white, but I'm declaring to you that it's black. Does that make sense? So, this one is, I'll ask for hands in a second. So, this one's white and this one's black. Who in this room believes me? That's it. <laughs> The rest of you are looking at me like, okay, when is he going to ask for a show of hands for the people who think either he needs glasses or he's got a couple of screws loose? 
And I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be more hands to that than the one that believed that this is actually black. But this is, and I guarantee you, it is a black piece of paper. And since so few of you believed me, I see that I have a lot of work ahead of me. So, without any further ado, let's turn over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1. This message is something that is going to stick with you probably forever. I am going to make something that appears to be so complicated and mysterious into something that is so simple. I am going to boil it down to two pieces of paper. Jesus boiled faith down to a mustard seed. I am boiling it down to one piece of paper. So let's begin reading in chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, they were made by things which were not visible to your eyes. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was the righteousness of God, testifying of his gifts, and by it, being dead, yet speaks. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. In other words, he never died. God just took him home without him actually physically dying. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, in other words, he never saw a flood and he never saw rain. The earth was watered with a mist that came up from the ground. But he moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out not knowing where he went. So here you have a story, multiple stories, of people who believed God for something that they couldn't even see. That is what faith is. Believing in something you can't perceive with any one of your senses. Now, we're, not, we're going to come back to this at the end of the message because it, after we deal with these pieces of paper, this will make a whole lot more sense. Turn now over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. For while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then in that same book, chapter 5, verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Again, I'm not going to comment on those scriptures because those are going to mean a lot more in about 15 minutes. But we're going to take a detour. We're not going to talk about faith. 
We're going to talk about something else. So put your directional on. We're going to get off the freeway. And now we're going to go on the frontage road. And we're going to spend just a few minutes there because what we learn on this frontage road is going to make so much difference when we talk about faith. Do you know that God was constantly trying to get across to his people what redemption was and how he wanted to redeem them from their sins? And one of the things that God used was an element called silver. He used silver to show the early the, the, the Jews what it meant to be redeemed. When, when we pa- uh, celebrated Passover um, earlier this year, we, applied, we talked about how they applied door, blood to the doorposts of their house and that they sacrificed the lamb and they poured out the blood and that became the redemption for them. But when they were released from Egypt, they wandered in the desert and God told them, I want you to build a tabernacle because I want to dwell with you. And they didn't build a stone and brick structure. Instead, they had a tent structure so that they could move it as they wandered in the desert. But they needed a foundation for that. And what they used was ransom or redemption money. You see, every male above the age 20 had to bring a certain amount of silver to the priests. And they collected that money, and they said, if you did not bring it, you would be subject to a plague, a plague of death. And that silver was called ransom or redemption money. It redeemed them from death. And they used that silver, and they melted it down, and they they, they made sockets. In other words, little platforms that the posts of the tent that supported the structure for the tent, they put the posts in it because, of course, it was put on sand, right? And we know what sand is. It's unstable. So they built these little silver sockets and put the posts in and attached the curtains to it. Now, what's interesting to know is that there were 100 of those. And if you remember from one of my... uh, messages, we talked about Gideon, how there were 100. Well, you know what? That 100 mean is the Hebrew letter kuf, Q-O-F. Some people pronounce it kof, which simply means 100. But that word means completeness. It means holy flock. In fact, the early church in the New Testament used that letter, which is the letter that looks like the, our letter P which is kuf, and it stands for the bride of Christ. Now remember, silver is a sign of redemption. So God was trying to get across to the people that this structure is built on redemption. And he was looking forward to the holy flock, the bride of Christ, being supported by redemption. Isn't that a beautiful story? There's one other, and I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 27. I don't know if I gave it to them to put up, but I'm going to read it for you. Matthew chapter 27, verse 7. Well, we're going to begin in verse 3, that rather. A very familiar story. Then Judas, which has betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, 
saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is it to us? See to it. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful to be put to them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and took with them the potter's field to bury the strangers in. Now in the book of Zechariah, who was a prophet, he prophesied of this. God instructed Zechariah to become a shepherd of a flock that was, that was destined to die, to slaughter. And Zechariah went to the people who owned that flock, and he said, let me shepherd it. So he did for a while, but then he went back to the owners and said, give me what you feel is my wages. They gave him 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver is, the, is what it costs if your servant or your slave gets gored by your animal. So if your bull goes and gores somebody, a servant, you have to pay for that servant's life 30 pieces of silver. And God told Zechariah, I want you now to take that 30 pieces of silver and I want you to cast it and throw it toward, to the potter who is in the temple. That was prophetic of what would happen in the future. So Jesus was the price of a servant. But he was also the price of something else. Also, in the book of Leviticus, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to read it now because it would take too long. We have too much ground to cover. But what happened was when people wanted to serve God and they weren't a part of the priestly family, not a Levite, they still wanted to serve God, they would make a vow and they would give their son or their daughter or they would give themselves, their property or their animals to the priest in service to God. And they would be there and they would clean the tabernacle, they would serve the, the priest, they would do whatever it took to serve God. In fact, there's a story of that. When Hannah couldn't have a child, she prayed earnestly for a child, and she, she made a vow to the Lord, if you give me a child, I will give him in service to you. She made a vow, and his son, her son was Samuel, and he went and served under the priest of Eli. Now, in order... Now, now some people would say, you know, I gave my son, or I gave my land, or I gave my whatever, my son or my daughter in service to the Lord, but now I need them back. The only way to get them back was to pay a ransom, to pay redemption money, which again was in silver. The price of a man over 20 years old was 50 shekels of silver. The price of a woman was 30 shekels of silver. The price of a young boy was 20. And the price of a child was 5. Now when Jesus had 30 pieces of silver that was his price, it was also the price of a woman. He was there not to redeem himself, but to redeem a woman, which was the bride, his bride. So you see that there is a story, there is a, a way that God was using redemption throughout the, the Old Testament. But we're no longer bought with silver and gold, but we're bought with the precious blood of Jesus. So I'm going to ask you, what is in your redemption? Now, you can shout out whatever it is. What have you been redeemed from and redeemed to? So when Jesus hung on the cross, what did he pay a price for? What did it do for you? Anybody know what their redemption is? Shout it out. Redeemed from the curse. Curse. And what's involved in the curse? Sin. Sin. Death. Sickness and disease. 
Poverty. Okay. Fear. Death. Eternal judgment in hell. All the things that have weighed down humanity because of sin, that is what we've been redeemed from. Turn over to 1 Peter, or actually 2 Peter, rather, chapter 1. We're going to start in verse, yeah, let's start in verse 1. I don't know if it's on your thing, but Simon Peter, servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We have been given everything that pertains unto life and godliness. That is what our redemption is. Okay, now let's turn our directional back on. Let's get back on the faith highway, because now that you know what your redemption is, and that you that it is represented by silver, what does this all mean? One thing I did not tell you about these papers, they are not the same. They are actually photo papers. One is for a laser printer. And the only way it can ever have any image on it is if you print on it. This one has silver halide. So it is embedded with silver on it. So this is redeemed. This one is not. This is a believer. This is an unbeliever. This paper represents you. It has silver on it. And it's silver that has been bonded with bromide or iodide, which makes it light sensitive. So the moment this paper was exposed to these lights, it became black but it couldn't release it. It needs something to help it. So it is trapped inside. The moment it got released and had light shine on it, all of those silver particles reacted to the light, and they had a reaction in them that made them black, but it's trapped inside. And it can't be released without something else added to it. And that is faith. And I actually have a jar of faith. You probably want to know where I bought this because you all want to get probably gallons of it, right? <laughs> this is faith. Now, if you could, on the overhead, if you would please put up the definition of developer. I took photography class when I was in school, and I had a dark room in our basement. And so I'm familiar with everything photography. So I used to use this stuff, developer. I looked up what the word developer means. According to photography, it means one or more chemicals that converts, converts the latent image into a visible image. 
Now, doesn't that sound a little bit like faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen? It would be worth your while to get out your phones and take a snap of that if you want to keep that because there's another definition after that that I want you to see also. And this is going to be something that's going to help you with your faith walk because I'm making this extremely simple for you. That word latent, what does that word latent mean? Put up latent. The quality or state existing but not yet developed or manifest. It's hidden or concealed. Hidden until circumstances are suitable for development and manifestation. That is faith. And if any of you have believed God for anything in your lives, what you are waiting for is for circumstances to be suitable for development and manifestation. And that is what this paper is waiting for also. It's hidden or concealed inside. It wants to release its image, its blackness. When I did photography, I would have the enlarger and it would cast the image of the negative down on that piece of paper. And then I'd turn it off. The paper is still white. There's no image there. I had to place it inside of faith, developer, and the image would start to come before my eyes and it would manifest itself. That's the same thing with the blackness of this paper. It's hidden. It's concealed. It can't get released. It wants to. It's like everything that's been placed inside of you through your new birth. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you received everything that pertains unto life and godliness in Christ Jesus. Everything that you're believing God for is not in a basement of the throne room in heaven, and you're praying for God to say, okay, go down to the basement, grab that thing out for so-and-so, and they can have it. That's not what he's doing. It's already in you. You already possess everything. By his stripes, you were healed. You aren't going to. You are. You are saved. You are redeemed. You are healed. You have the peace of God. You have the joy of God. You have everything that pertains unto life and godliness. It's inside of you. It's exposed. It has to find a way out. But the only way it can get out is something to be added to it. So, my question for you is, well, a couple of things I want to read first. Turn over to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Speaking of Abraham, remember that Isaac was the promised child to both of them. But they're both in their 90s. They can't have kids. I mean, it's physically impossible. But God says, I'm changing your name to Abraham, and I'm changing your name to Sarah. You're going to be a princess, and you are the father of nations, father of a multitude. They held, and I'm going to give you a son. They held that child inside of them. He was hidden. He was concealed. And God spoke a word over them and called them this and said, you will have that son and you will have heirs. But it was all hidden. In fact, look at um, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who makes alive the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. 
who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so that your seed should be. I called that paper black, just as God called Abraham the father of many nations. I called, even though Isaac was hidden inside Abraham and Sarah, you couldn't see him because he was not physically conceived yet or born. Yet God saw it, just as I can see black, because I see the reaction of the silver on that paper. That's all what faith is. Um, one last one before we get to the good stuff here. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19. I'm going to read up one verse that you don't have there in verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. So he's saying, this isn't like it was in the old covenant where you were redeemed by silver. But, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as the lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Do you know that Jesus was hidden away before the foundations of the world? And did you know, even Paul said, that this mystery was hidden from everybody. It was not revealed. It was all held. It was latent. It was waiting for something to expose it. It was waiting for, as that definition was, until circumstances were right. Now, how many of you now believe me that this is black? Can I have a show of hands? Too late. <laughs> you, had, you, had, you had your chance earlier. Because <laughs> where is faith in that, right? Faith is believing. If you have all of the information that I gave you, where would the faith be? It's the same thing with God. God is looking to develop something in you that he has. He has faith. And I'm going to show you later how he used his faith. Faith is a spiritual force. It's a power. And he wants you to exercise that same spiritual force and power that he does. And that's one of the reasons why, and we're going to go through some of this later, but that's why Noah never saw rain before in his life and never saw a flood, but for 100 years he built a boat in a desert. And that took faith. He could not see it. God didn't say to, Ab- to, to Moses, so this is what I'm going to do. Step A, I'm going to do this. Step B, this. Step D. And he did not show him a video of what it was going to look like. Moses, uh, Noah had no clue. He just had the word of God to go by. And that is what God honors. And that's what he wants out of you. Just like when I said, this is black. You know, so we're going to go through and we're going to see if this actually works. So here we have liquid faith. So we have a piece of paper right here that's been activated by light. And it's holding blackness in it. Now if I add faith to it,
turns colors. What color do you think it is? Black. This is faith. If you ever want to know what does faith look like, it looks like this. It is holding something inside of you. Everything that you have been redeemed from and redeemed to has been activated in your spirit. The blood of Jesus, his sacrifice, made a way for all of God's provisions that you need in your life and is given to you. But it's requiring something out of you. It's requiring not only faith, but something else. And that's what I want to get into next. And I'm going to put this up here so you all can see that I was right and you were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) If I put that piece of paper in here, nothing happens. It stays white. It has not been redeemed. So, there's one last, there's one other thing that has to be added to this. And that is, the one missing component is light. The strength of your redemption inside of you is dependent, is determined by the amount of light that you are exposed to. When I was in photography, I would never waste a piece of paper like that because it's expensive. I would cut it in strips. And I'd put a strip down on the table, on the thing that held the, the paper, and I would turn my enlarger on for four seconds. The next strip, five seconds. Next strip, six seconds. Next strip, seven seconds. And I'd develop each one of those strips, and I would see which amount of light was, gave me the best resolution, the best brought out, the most brilliant colors, or, or black and white, the most black. The thing is, the amount of light that you expose to this paper is the degree of blackness that's going to come out of it. Now, what is the source of light for you in your redemption that's going to cause the greatest amount of blackness or brilliance in your redemption? Turn over to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing God's word. Well, what is God's word? God's word is light. Turn over to Psalm 119. We're going to go through some of these rather quickly because I'm just establishing something here. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. That same chapter, verse 130. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Psalm 27, verse 1. says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then in Isaiah chapter 60, you don't have that one, but it, it says, Arise and shine, for the light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness of the people. But the Lord shall arise unto you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. And then in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. John 1, 1. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear witness and bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. He was the true light which comes, which lights every man that comes into the world. And then turn into, over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach ourselves, not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in your hearts to give light to the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Now I'm going to ask you something. How much light are you exposing yourself to? You see, this paper responded to these physical lights here. Your redemption responds to the Word of God. The Word of God is light. Everything that God is trying to do for you, He is trying to shed light on it. The amount of time you spend in the Word of God is the amount of blackness that you will have. You see, like I told you, those test strips that I had, if I put one on for three seconds and I developed it, I would just have a ghostly image of whatever it is that I was trying to have. There would, it would just be really light and faint. And that's faith for some people because they have not exposed themselves to the Word of God enough and long enough that it produces any degree of faith. You have to expose your redemption to light. And I think that's where so many people fail. It's because they say, I can't see how God can do this for me. And I've prayed, and I've asked him, and nothing seems to be happening. Well, one of the reasons might be is because you're not exposing your redemption enough. You're not exposed. You have to expose your redemption to God's light, to his word, in order for there to be a reaction. Or else nothing happens. It just stays there. Look at it. There's more photo paper in here. This is light-proof plastic. This is exactly where the devil wants you. He wants you in here. Inside of this is a whole bunch of redeemed paper. But unless it's exposed to this light, it's useless. It's not activated. It's not producing. It's not bearing fruit. But if I took another sheet out of here, exposed it to light, and put it in there, it would be turned completely black. But that's the problem with so many people is they go about their lives and they get so consumed with other things, and the devil loves it. God is light, right? The devil, his whole world is darkness. And he's constantly trying to keep you away from the word. What is the whole parable of the sower sows the word? 
The devil wants you to become offended by the word. He wants to root the word out of you. Why? Because he knows that that word will produce something. But he knows if he can keep you in a, this plastic bag, if he can keep you isolated from the word of God, he knows he's got you. Because he knows no amount of putting it in this bucket, if it's not uh, exposed to light, nothing is going to happen. You're not going to have, you're going to have very little faith. You're going to have very little fruits. Happens with photosynthesis. We have photography. Now we have photosynthesis. What happens to the leaves? Why do the leaves come out in spring and why do they leave in fall? Because the light. The days are getting longer in spring. And not only that, but there's moisture and warmth, yes. But light is the big giver. And as the light increases, they respond to it and starts producing chlorophyll. Now that the, light, the days are getting shorter, the chlorophyll isn't getting produced. So what do you have left? The yellows and the reds and the browns and everything else. And when the light really goes, it, all the, it just simply dies and falls to the ground. That's what's happening to people's faith. Is because it's becoming dormant. That, that redemption inside of you is dormant inside of you. It's waiting for the days to become longer. It's waiting for you to spend more time in this word. That's what it wants. It needs this light in order to live. Faith is personal. Faith is not a method. It's not a technique. It, I, if I got up here and said, okay, these are the seven steps to faith, where would you be? It's not that way. It's a relationship. Faith is a relationship. The reason none of you raised your hands, or mo most of you didn't do it, is because you didn't believe me. And the reason you don't believe me is because I know very few of you very closely. <laughs> I'm serious. If, if you all knew me and knew me inside and out and spent time with me and had a relationship with me, that you would believe me if I told you something. And that's the problem we have with God also. Look, just go back one moment to Hebrews where we started. One, one verse I want to draw your attention to. It's... Uh, Verse 6, but without faith is it, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You have to believe that he exists before you can even come. And you have to not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. How many times do you go to God and say, and I've done this too, God, if you only knew what I was going through, or if he tells you to do something, you sell him that's crazy. I can't do that. That's like you telling me I'm nuts when I had two screws loose because I thought this was black. He's telling you it's black. If God calls, comes to you with these two white pieces of paper and tells you it's black, will you believe him? If you can't believe him that this is black, how can you can believe him that you're healed? We have to believe God for this, these things. And that's why it is with me. I'm, I was just playing the role. But the reason you didn't believe is because you didn't understand. You said, I, I can't see how that can be. How, it's obvious they're both white. How can one, with Dave not doing anything to it, how does it still have blackness in it? You couldn't see it. And God comes to you and says, you are healed. And someone gets up here and says, you're healed. You're provided, your needs are met. You are going to be 
this. This is my plan for you. If you can't, if you're only seeing with your physical eyes, and I can only see white, I can only see sickness, I can only see my lack, I can only see my loneliness, I can only see my fear, you're looking with your senses, you're looking at the things here, and God is trying to tell you, no, you're healed, you're this. And that, and if you spend time and you allow him, everything he does, he does with light. Everything. Photography. Photo is a Greek word, P-H-O-S, phos, which means light. Graph means drawing or writing. So photography literally means drawing or writing with light. And that's what God is constantly doing. He's drawing and writing with light. Now we're running out of a little time here, so I want to get to a couple examples God does everything by light. What was the first thing God did? Genesis 1.1. And God said, let there be light. What is, we're not going to go through all these. It'll take too long. But 1 John 1.5, it says, God is light. He specifically says it. What is pastor's favorite prayer? Says it every Sunday. Numbers, chapter 6, verse 25. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. What is he trying to do? He's trying to give you light. Everything he does. What is your new birth? Everything comes across as light. It says that the light of the glorious gospel would shine on them. The devil's always trying to keep your, your eyes blinded. He wants you to go through life like this spiritually so that your eyes, spiritual eyes, are never seeing that light of the gospel. He wants you to be unreacted to God and to your redemption. And what does he do to the unbelievers out there? He tries to keep them like this too. And who are you? He said that we are bearers of that light. We are candles that are supposed to illuminate. He said, let your light shine. Anyone who spreads the gospel, what are they doing? They're illuminating somebody. They're spreading light to people. This is what the whole thing of faith is. Now, quickly, lastly, let's go back over to Hebrews chapter 11 and close with this. So now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So now does that make a little bit more sense to you? It is developer. Put that definition of latent up there again. The quality or state existing. You see, black existed. You couldn't see it. It existed, but not yet developed or manifested. It was hidden and concealed, hidden until circumstances were suitable for its development. That's what your, if you're believing God for healing or believing God for something in your life, sometimes there's time that goes by, right? We don't like that. Noah waited 100 years. How long, how many years did Abraham and Sarah wait? They waited a long time. But sometimes it takes time. 
And I don't know, I don't have God's answers to everything, but what I'm saying is your responsibility in this whole walk with God is to constantly allow him to illuminate you. And the only way you can do that is to look into the face of Jesus. Jesus is called the Word of God. And every time you look into this Word, you're looking into his face and it's shining. You can't see it with your physical eyes. But it's shining in your spirit. And it's activating that redemption in you. And it's producing something. And not only that, but it's producing a greater degree of faith. And now when you activate it with this faith, it turns it black. You're going to see the answers to the things that you need. So does this kind of make sense to you now? Does it make faith a little bit easier for you to understand? Now, you got, when you go home today, you've got to be real serious about your walk with God. If you're coming here and you're just trying to get the little bits that you can from God out of things like this, you'll be that faint little ghostly image that I saw in my dark room when I was doing pictures. But if you want that nice, big, brilliant picture and image, you see, God is always speaking into your lives. He's always saying, Brooke, I've got this plan and purpose for your life. Craig, this is what I want for you. Sandy, I have got this. And we've had things spoken into our lives here at church. And you can read about these things also in the Word where God starts proclaiming things to you. But if you don't allow God to shed light on that, it always remains this ghostly little image that it's someday way in the future. It just doesn't, you can't quite see it. But you have to take these things. You have to take these words from God and you have to expose them. And they're going to produce something in you. And it, it, God doesn't fail. He doesn't fail. Everything that he did, he spoke and said, light, be. Everything he does, he speaks light first into the situation. So, my question to you as we close today is, for those of you who are here and are this piece of paper, and you don't even have the silver, you don't even have the redemption. If this is you, you can change and you can become this piece of paper today. You can have a redemption in you that has been downloaded with everything that Jesus provided for you on the cross. That's yours. So if this is you, why would you want to be this? All you are is a plain piece of paper. Don't you want to be something vibrant and beautiful and lovely and full of all of the life of God? Why would you want anything different? So we're going to pray, first of all, for people that are this, that they would become this. But then we're also going to pray for our redemption to then be illuminated by the Word of God. So, Father, we thank you that each person here would see clearly that it is your desire to redeem And to shed so much light upon that redemption that it builds a faith that brings what's hidden into the visible, manifested world we live in. We thank you, Lord, that anybody here who has never accepted Jesus, never responded to the light of the glorious gospel, has had their eyes blinded, obscured by the enemy. that they would say yes 
they would say yes to that gospel and allow it to illuminate their lives. We thank you, Lord, that each person here would allow that precious blood of Jesus to redeem them and to bring all the good and precious gifts that you have for us deposited into our hearts. Father, for anyone who has not accepted Jesus, we pray right now, and all you have to say is, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Redeem me by your shed blood and forgive me of all of my sins. And for those here who, even though they've been redeemed, but they've allowed circumstances, they've allowed offenses, they've allowed the distractions of this life to keep them in relative darkness where the redemption that they have and all the good things that Jesus provided just simply aren't being activated as they should. Father, we pray for a hunger and a desire for the word of God and that people go home and they would seek your face in your word and they would see the brilliance of your shining countenance upon them and that it would activate their faith. It would activate their redemption. And they would produce wonderful and beautiful images, all of the images that you have placed inside of them of their future, of their healing, of their deliverance, of their provision. Thank you, Lord, for doing that great work in each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I'm going to close the word service today with the prayer that we prayed earlier that is what Pastor Mike prays. And now it's going to take on a little bit different meaning as you pray this. So put your hand on your heart. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Guys, let him shine on you today and let him activate your redemption. Now, if any of you need prayer, there will be people up front to pray for you, but just know that God loves you and that he's always shining his face on you. Amen.